I'm sorry. I was watching the game again. We we spend so much money on the military that we can, uh, you know, do a lot of things and stick our nose in a lot of business where it doesn't necessarily belong and, you know, help people out when they need help. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that we are the richest country in the world, we can, you know, we can, we can afford to say we're number one because we got the money. Yeah, big stack, take little stack. There you go. (laughs) Always going to be that way, baby. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Uh, as we're recording right now, I'm watching uh, the Heat Lakers game five. And at halftime, he holds small lead. But I don't expect my uh, Miami Heat team to win. So by the time you hit this episode, I fully expect the Lakers to be champs. So congratulations to Lakers fans. Uh, and shout out to like, you know, Johnny Taylor. I know he's a huge Lakers fan, but I want to shout out my cousin, Herschel Brown, who he's a Lakers fan and he's always hated LeBron. And I thought maybe that was like a Kobe thing, but like if LeBron ever played for the Lakers, he would change his mind. Like a lot of Lakers fans did. Nah, he ain't rocking with the Lakers this year. <laughs> Until LeBron, <laughs> like he is a consistent LeBron hater. <laughs> so why like, does he hate LeBron so much? He just doesn't like his game. He doesn't like how he plays. He thinks he's soft on the court, all that good stuff. And I got, like I said, he's consistent with his hate. So I just wanted to get that shout out. And also uh, by now, hopefully you guys have listened to the episode of us with uh, what I'd like to tell people with Hannah Vickers. And uh, Rachel Soselski. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. And we also have an upcoming episode with Beautiful Paradox. So, three brothers have been busy, man. We we've been podcast busy lately. So we're doing our thing, and we appreciate the opportunities uh, and the invite. So thank you guys, and check both episodes out if you haven't already. Yep, yep. And I'll be uh, guest starring on uh, Woo Isms. I'm I'm recording tomorrow, so for that one, so yeah, it, it feels good. We're getting calls not to to you know kind of be guest appearances on on other shows. That's 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 really humbling to us. I mean, because we're just three guys that got together to talk on a mic, and and people are reaching out and actually really feeling it. So appreciate everybody, all the love uh, from other podcasters as well as all of our uh, listeners. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, I, I usually don't talk about a show multiple times, but I've got to talk about Lovecraft Country again. That show is so good. Oh my have god! Have we talked about it before? I feel like we haven't. Yeah, I mean, I think we just mentioned it, saying that it was good. But when I say that, it is probably it is up there with Game of Thrones for me. Like the not excluding season eight. Like it's that good when it comes to the fantasy, the sci-fi, but also the black history that is just woven into it. Just the little nods too. It's not even about the, the go ahead, buff. So quick, that's me and my mother-in-law still in town folks. Uh, quick question. 
Lovecraft, that's not a linear show, correct? Like it's different stories each episode for the most part. It, no, no, it, it mm. is. So it's what they do is they've weaved different kind of I guess wives' Jonathan. tales and things like that into each show. So there may be like a a focus each show, but it is a, a serial like season. So every episode, you know, builds onto it for a certain thing. But this last week's episode, I I am almost sure that they're gonna win an Emmy for it. That that's how good that just that episode was. The from the makeup, from the the story, the directing, the writing, everything about that episode uh, leads me to believe that they will get an Emmy for it. So if you haven't watched it, man, go out, check that out. Because again, like I say, the the nods to history, when they talk about, uh, who was that? The first black woman to ride cross cross country on a motorcycle. That was the episode before. That they just have a nod to her, like it, yeah. it's just she's just in the show. Now it have nothing yeah. to do with anything, but you just see her, and so little stuff like that. You know, we talked about Emmett Till being in it. Um, so they 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 do that, and this is a spoil another spoiler alert. Thirty seconds skip if you don't want to hear about it. But the way that they took a white woman and put her in the same situation that Emmett Till has showed it. I feel like that was a way to make it hit home for white people because you have a white woman going through that exact same thing. So being able to, to, to just show things like that, um, that, I mean, it's just magical how they're weaving that story together. It's so good. Yeah. That show is crazy. And you kind of, you took the politically correct way. That show was nuts, man. Them two little girls me up. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Topsy oh, and Bopsy, man. They, they, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, and so once again, a little historical fact Topsy and Bopsy, they, they took uh, characters from um, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yep. And it was crazy. And to the two young ladies that played those characters and their movements and stuff like that, it was, they were spectacular. It was creepy. The thing about this this show is it doesn't follow any traditional genre of TV. I mean, it yeah. you can't call it sci-fi, you can't call it horror, you can it is what it is. It's it's everything. So there it, there's funny parts in it, there's drama in it, there's sci-fi, there's horror, there's a slasher, there's uh, Anything you can think of is all in there and it's meshed together, but it's like gumbo. It just all works. Like yeah. you, you, you would put it all in there. And you're like, okay, this, this how, how are you going to put all these elements together? But it works. And that's probably the episode, the name of the next episode, just because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah. You, know, you just wouldn't be, wouldn't be uh, surprised, but it's a great show, man. Um, very interesting. You never know what to expect. There's very, I'm, very analytical. I'm always thinking. I think too much. I'm working on trying to turn my brain off sometimes. This is one of those rare shows where I'm trying to figure stuff out, out and I'll be lost as hell. I'll be like, yeah, all about to do. Never mind. <laughs> Game of Thrones, This Is Us are one of the rare shows. And that's probably the reason I love those shows is I cannot predict what was happening. And I might not always be completely right, but I could tell where the story was going. 
this show, you have no idea. And then just the suspense and all that stuff is crazy. But let me get off of that show and talk about another show that I was introduced to a few weeks ago that I never thought I would like is Fargo. So have any of you guys checked out Fargo? I plan on, you know, my man Chris Rock this season, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, yes. I've never watched an episode, never really had a reason to. I, I didn't even want to, for real. So this season, but the thing about Fargo, Fargo, from what I understand, I could be completely wrong, but every season is independent of, of each other. So if you start season four, episode one, it'll be like starting season one, episode one. This is okay. completely independent. So you don't have to go back and watch three seasons to catch up. And basically it is about. It's based off a true story. I think that's the thing about Fargo It's based off of true stories. And this one is about a crime. Well, crime syndicates, I think I want to say in Kansas City. And one of them happens to be a black crime syndicate in which Chris Rock is a leader and they're going against some. You would love this, Rosie. Some Italians. <laughs> so it's really cool. Um, I mean, you have a lot of good characters in there. It's it's great acting. You don't know what to expect. Um, really, really, really weird show. I just all I can say. You got some weird characters in this stuff, but it's really good. So check it out, Fargo. I'll be watching the next few episodes until the end of season four. So I think they just did episode four so they're not too far in so you don't have that much to catch up on so with that being said i'm gonna bring us into my um i guess our newest part of the show the great divide where i kind of talk about things that i think either will push us further apart or bring us together similar to the debate uh this week with uh senator kamala harris and flyhead over there <laughs> Vice President Pence. My God, that was. Can we talk about that for a sec? Or what are you guys going to do? Let's do it, talk? man. Let's do it. Man, I was, when I talked, when I thought about this, because it started for me when I saw that GIF of, uh, or GIF, I know Razzie likes to pronounce it properly, the GIF <laughs> of Kamala getting off the plane, getting ready for the debate with her Tims on. And I'm like, she bought that life. And I really think she was about that life. But it's strange. I think she had to hold back. And there's a certain dynamic, I think, being a black woman where she has to she couldn't crush him. Like she could have crushed him, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because she she didn't want to be seen as that that angry black woman who was going crushing a a white man. So I think they put her on a leash. I think they let her loose when it came to the pandemic and somewhat of health care. But then she re- she had to reel herself in. So all those faces she was making, all those smiles and her head shaking, I think that truly was her saying, nigga, if you only knew. <laughs> like, I really, the whole time. And I was smiling the whole time because I'm like, you know what? America might get a black mama. Like... <laughs> I really think America, because I felt like those looks I saw on her face, I've seen those on black women's faces my whole life. Like, I'm just going to let you make it. You have no idea how bad how bad this could have went. I'm just going to let you make it. And I think that's kind of what America needs. So what do you guys have to say? Man, you said you said it. Go ahead, Buff. 
Uh, I mean, he he's correct, but um, you know, I, I definitely think she missed some opportunities. But even with her holding back, she still got the criticism that she was trying to avoid by those that aren't going to like her anyway. I still saw comments of, you know, she just seemed too pushy and her smiles and facial expressions and she was talking to her with her hands too much. It just all seemed a bit too, too, uh, they didn't say mm-hmm. bitchy, but mm-hmm. they pretty much were saying bitchy. So, okay. Is that uh, better than niggerly? You know, because, uh, well, <laughs> it's, 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 it's still bad. So, but she, she definitely missed some opportunities. I felt like she could have slam dunked on him a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but do you she, think she, she knew that? Do you think she knew those moments, or does she think she? I feel like sometimes she intentionally like I could really, because I don't think that was going to sway anybody. I don't think the the uh, the vice president debate was going to sway anybody. It it made her look strong enough that well, she can stand next to him. Well, just not factually, but on on showmanship, like he used that lame line of "You're entitled to your own opinions, but not your own facts." Twice. Yeah. And yeah. like that line is so old, tired, and uh, lame. Like she could have dug into him and be like and could have been like, wow, your your debate team let you down if you still using those type of lines. Like, and that would have crushed him because like now mm, you criticize his preparation for it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. Or, or 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 when when she said she would take the vaccine and he completely ignored that and still tried to hit her home, like with his prepared remarks, like she said, no, she wasn't going to take the uh, the vaccine. And just like he pushed her and said she still won't answer the Supreme Court answer the question, she should have pushed him the same way. On, she on, on racism yeah, and she, on... Yeah, like notice he won't answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. But she, she did know she didn't do any harm to the campaign. That's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, like yeah. you said, it wasn't going to change any minds anyway. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the fly made of an appearance. We got, what, uh, 35, I think they said 35,000 $10 fly swatters were sold yeah. off of that. <laughs> the best memes were like when they had the flies watching TV, like, oh, he really did that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't write, you can't script that any better. And it's not like the fly flew there and immediately flew off. The fly was there almost a good two minutes, dog. Like he was just sitting <laughs> yeah. there, like, "Oh, if hey, Kamala, if you're not here for that shit, I am." Like, <laughs> like he was just sitting there, like, "Does this guy have a fly on his head?" <laughs> just like it was. What was funny was there was a. There's moments that bond us as Americans. Like they're like, "Do you remember where you were at when this happened?" I think we all will remember where we were at. We all saw this at the same time. So I'm like, okay, okay, hold up. Is that a fly? Like, everybody in the country that was watching this debate, everybody around the world that was watching this debate at the same moment was like, hold up. Yeah, the fly, the fly trended on Twitter within two minutes. And exactly. like, while it was still on the head. That is the best part of social media. For all the criticism we give, when moments like that happen, when we collectively are watching the same thing and have the same reaction and can see that reaction all over the place, that is the good part of social media. Yep. Yeah, that that had me rolling. But 
Um, back to the Great Divide. My bad. So this one's easy. I mean, I've uh, I don't know even how to word this, but I don't trust people. And I just thought about it. Yeah, I think you might be one of these people, Rizzi, that sleep with the door open. I don't know why that's a big deal to me. I, I will tell you, until I had small kids, I didn't. But now I, I do. And, and, and it's weird for me to close my door um, because of that, because it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to hear, you know, something's going on with the kids. So I, I sleep with the door open. I do. That's just I got kids too, Rosie. Not an excuse. I'm, I'm just I feel saying. like you're I feel like you're a, a true American patriot and you sleep with your door closed, correct? Well, so if it was up oh. to me, we would sleep with it closed. But Tabitha, much like what Rosio just explained, she wants to be able to hear anything that goes on in Jasmine's room. Uh so Jasmine's com- about twenty seven years old though, dog. The compromise is we sleep with the door cracked. You know what I mean? So she can hear something. It don't matter how old she is, man. Listen, if Jasmine gets sick in the middle of the night, Tabitha wants to know right away. Like she, she don't play when it comes to that. So I, yeah. I give it up on that battle. I think the door, I like the door closed, yeah. but whatever. Maybe I'm a horrible parent then. That door stays, <laughs> that door stays closed. No, no, no. See, fire safety says that you should sleep with the door closed. So mm-hmm. actually, technically, that that's the yeah. safest way to sleep. Compartmentalization, you know. Yep. Fire compartments and stuff like that. You know, because what I notice is like, let's say I'm visiting or I'm going to somebody's house, and we're just happen to uh, be staying over. And let's say I get up in the middle of the night, I walk, I walk to the house or the restroom or something, and I see a door open. I'm like, how dare you? I feel like they invaded my privacy with the door open. I don't know why. It's just like, well, part of me wants to close the door for them. Like, I don't know. Rising next time I come to your house and you just wake up and the door is closed. That was me. <laughs> just, just let you know. It's just somebody. I don't know. I don't know why that bothers me. I'm like, that is just wrong by all accounts. But also because I sleep with a fan on 365 and I need that air to circulate and get in that room and you let you let all the cold air out. Now ceiling, that ceiling fan? Ceiling fan? Oh. Wow. Yes. Didn't no. you just hear what I just said? No. Because I need the air to circulate and I don't want to let all the air out. Like mm. December, ceiling fans on, heaters on. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait. So the heater's on, but the ceiling fan's I need, on. I didn't, I didn't say I was getting cold. I need the air to circulate. That's what the ceiling fan does. It circulates the air. You, you know what central heating and air does that mm-hmm. already, right? Nope. It, no. no it I, mean, I mean, I understand back in the day where there no, was no central circul- heating and air. It does not you circulate had, like, that the air. Big, that, that, remember does, that, um, that heater that like you could you, like burn yourself if you got too close to it? Y'all oh, we had a full heater, yeah, yeah, the one that like looked like little bricks inside of it. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> you had that. You needed the fan because you needed the, everything to circulate. But that's literally what central heating and air does: is it circulates nope. all of that. Nope, 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 nope. No, no, I don't know. That's the devil right there. Nah, three sixty five, Rosie. That was the worst part about uh Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we had to sleep with the, we, that's why we slept the with the windows, uh, the windows open. open yeah but they didn't and have any central heating in there though so we did I, mean, I, mean, I just i just need an airflow like i, I get I hate I'm, um, fans. 
Oh. Well, you think you know somebody. I mean, I, I hate them so much. Like, I, we took one down at our old house and put a chandelier up in this place. Like, is that the guest room? Silly fans give you head colds, dog. Like, is no. that the guest room we stayed in? Oh, no, no, not that one. This was the old house. No, because yeah. I always feel like when I go to somebody's house and they don't, like, I almost get offended again when, like, I'm sleeping in a room and it doesn't have a ceiling fan in it. Like, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. You yeah. let people sleep here? Yeah, you. you like, I'm a pet. You, might as well sleep outside. Island. Island with, with this one. Yeah, I think he, no, uh, yeah. mm. that's a great divide. I don't, uh, yeah. Nah, nah. I don't know about the door. You don't sleep but... the, the sleeping fast? <laughs> I'm not saying everybody should, but I mean, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with it. I'm not encouraging everybody, but you guys see something wrong with it. That's very it's, judgmental, it's, fellas. It's pretty weird. Why is that weird? Just, I'm just saying. Dude. That's because it, you guys sleep with the door open. Back to my original point. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Which is yeah, why you don't get the you benefits. You get better circulation in the in the house. You don't get the benefit. No, because then all the air goes out. No, no. My 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 house is like sealed, so it doesn't go out. It just circulates within the house. I mean, it goes out into the hallway and every other place. I like my air just to stay. So, so you selfish great. with your air. That's what you're saying. Mm-mm. That's why we got central air. Every room has its own air, and every room has its own <laughs> ceiling fan. Ceiling fan in the diner. I have. I would have a ceiling fan in the bathroom if I could. <laughs> you have that little fan. That little fan yeah. that like just is real loud. I, I turn annoying. it on just because. Do you know? You know that fan is not for when you take a poop. <laughs> I know. It's supposed it's to circulate the air like when you take a shower. Yeah, when you take a shower. Yeah, but bro, a lot of people don't turn it on when they're in the shower, but turn yeah. it on when they. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's old black. You know. You know, wives tell, you know, <laughs> dad and running water. I mean, there's there's things you do. So I think that's all I got, fellas. I mean, I'm just, I can't believe we disagreed on two things already. And we haven't even got to the questions. Ah, you think you know somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and pay some bills, fellas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's what's good, Sophie? Sophie, nothing. Nothing. Did you go play the top golf today? Yeah. Did you win? Mm, I don't know. Tell Daddy to let you win next time. <laughs> oh mm. yeah. Daddy uh, has no idea what we're saying. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hey, ask Daddy. Can I hold a dollar? Since you won't let me borrow a dollar. Can can Frog have a dollar? <laughs> no. Mm. And he's supposed he to be my best friend. No. He's supposed to be my best friend. He won't even let me have a dollar. Isn't that messed up? No. It's his money and he has to work for it. I work too. I work hard. Yeah, that, you, that's how you get your money. Now use that money to get what you want with that one time. dollar. You know how hard you know how hard it is to ask people for money, Sophie? That's hard work. 
No, it isn't. It's just asking somebody for money and getting what they work for. So do you work for your money? Mm, I work for some of it. Some of it. And I work for some of mine, too. Yeah, so go back to work and you'll get more money. Sophie, you have, a hor- you have a horrible attitude today. You no, know I, no, I don't. <laughs> you have a horrible attitude today. No, I don't. <laughs> Sophie, give me a good joke today. So give me back on, let's get back on good terms. What kind of bagel can fly? Poppy. What kind of bagel can fly? I'm, I heard you, Sophie. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Man, you, that, that attitude I was talking about a little while ago, that's it right there. No you got anything, Byron? I got, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, Sophie. What you got for me? A pale plain bagel. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I was trying to go poppy seed, Mary Poppin. Yeah, I was that thinking was about seeds so. or something too. Yeah, I'm just. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. She still won't give me a dollar though. That's messed up. Yeah, the exchange. Just tell me, so ask daddy. You know I ain't giving it to you. That's I'm messed broke. up, bro. No, I'm broke, man. There we go. Had this conversation multiple times today. Not broke. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I uh, guess we're back. Let's get into the questions. I think I'm going to keep it light today. Um, I might actually make mine a little theme oriented because I want this to be a one term president. A one hit wonder. Name the top three one hit wonders or. I thought they would have been bigger than what they were. So that, that means they might have had one or two songs. You thought they were about to take off and they just disappeared of your time. Well, I think the greatest one hit wonder, even though he had two hits, but uh, Ice Ice Baby is probably the greatest one hit wonder. But Go Ninja Go went hard. So uh, he he's a two hit wonder. As far as, those yeah, I that, that. as far as people that I thought would have a bigger career than they did, Keith Murray, the most beautiful thing. Um, What's my man name? Drag on. They used just, to be with the they used to be with the Rough Riders. Rough Riders, yeah. Yeah, really, really good really, rapper, the, man. The but, most beautiful thing. You talking about the most beautiful thing in this world is just Yeah, no? just like that. Yeah. Um, so those two come to mind as far as who I thought could have been bigger. Uh I'll try to give you another one hit wonder, but right now I'm sticking with that ice ice baby. We we got it. We got to bring up Mobile. We got to got to go through and throw it out there. Uh, Rich Boy, I I really thought Rich Boy was going to be able to come back because Boy Looking Here actually went kind of hard and never heard of it. So you never heard of Boy Looking? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, oh, he go hard. That was his uh, follow up. To, his third um, single was good too, man. Yeah, I like this but, third single. But that was that was the thing. I think it was good because we were in Mobile. We knew. And we heard it, and he got a lot of airplay for those follow-ups. But nationwide, I think he kind of fell off with that. So um, no, it's not kind of he fell off. Nobody, nobody heard it. Well, yeah, yeah. But nobody I mean, he stayed it. up on the uh, on the A B list for a on little BLX. while after that. On BLX, on BLX, he was hiding BLX. Nah, he was nah, like he was at the B- BT he made, Awards he made it up and here. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cassie DC like, knew him. So 
Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. So I, I, I'd go with him. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm still watching the Heat game. <laughs> My bad. Go ahead, Rosie. My bad, dog. The other, I'm trying to see, like top three, because there's so many one hit wonders out there. And by this, I mean like, because I'm thinking of songs that they were hits. And if you told somebody who wasn't from our gener- generation, they might never have heard that song. You know, that's what that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm going to give you mine after you get your, your two, and I'm going to tell you, and maybe you guys might change it. Because I think everybody knows Ice Ice Baby, but I might change that a little bit. Just like if you weren't from born in the early 80s and was a teenager in the 90s, you might never know the song. Uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot? That's a great one. Baby. That's every... That, I get but, it. I but that's what One Hit Wonder is, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, song yeah, was like, huge. You're not a hit if you don't go down and... and okay. like, it, if you don't... It, I, I thought he was going to be able to come back with more, right? Yeah. Same yeah. thing, like... He's more of a One Hit Wonder than Vanilla Ice. Like, I don't think he had any other good song <laughs> after, after that. But from what I know, he was real smart with his money. Like, he's not hurting for money... If I remember correctly, yeah, um, yeah. So that one. Who else? Let me think. Let me think. What about uh? What about Moken Steph? <laughs> He's mine. He's mine. <laughs> hey, like, bro, like, I remember that? When everybody that was, was criticizing uh, Scissors the weekend, like, oh my god, I can't believe today's music. I'm like, you do realize we had a group called Moken Steph that had a song called. He's mine. You made it at him once, but I Might got him all the time. Also, hey man, I was, we had a brother with a song called Splackavelli. So I just that love was on when my we list. get on our high horse. Oh yeah, judging yeah. the that's younger generation. List. You know what I'm saying? That's on. That's <laughs> on my list, man. Talk, talk about somebody that should have made it though. The dude who sung "Let Me Smang It, Girl." <laughs> Say what? Let me what? <laughs> what? Come again? No. <laughs> like, let me spank it. He's like, it's like, let me spank it, girl. Smash it in, bang. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Only you had to be from Birmingham here. Well, you that song. More and more, nah, it was like, it was like more some more Midwest, like everywhere. St. Louis rapper. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna show you. Y'all got, y'all got to watch the video. The video is even worse. It's so bad. <laughs> that's, that's that's oh man, that's hilarious. Yo. Oh man! So, so you got is let me smank it on your list. Is that gonna be your <laughs> number three? No, because <laughs> I don't think that was even a hit. I think that yeah. was like a joke hit. People like was just laughing at it the whole but, time. But yo, even though we're not talking about him, shout out to Juvenile because if you look at how big back that ass up was, he could have easily like fell off because that song was so high. To where it would have been impossible for him to follow up with, but he came, he came with it with like a couple of more hits after that. So it's yeah. not easy to do. Well, it's that not, was that wasn't his first hit though. That it that makes hit, it a that, little easier because that made you know, yeah, that made uh, him nas- that made him national though. You know right, what I mean? right. But but it's it's easier if like your second or third single is that big breakout hit. When you had a little success before, you know, then then that being your first hit that anybody ever hear of you, and then you have to come back behind it. So I think that's what made it a little easier for him because he was kind of known already when back that ass up came out. 
Because what? Back to the asshole came out in 99 and Cash Money as a group or like Cash 90, Money had been going for like since 97. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he had Soldier Rag, which was like a local hit. Yep. Yep. Come on, Razzy. Give me a number three, bro. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Skilo. Yeah. Yeah. Wish I was a baller. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's a good him. one because if you were born like ninety-one, you might never know. You might may not know what that song is, but that song was rolling back in the day. I forgot oh, yeah. about that one. Yeah. So I, I said Splacavelli. You know, you you kind of so to me it was funny because I, I I brought I that up to not Z. Laugh when I hear that title. <laughs> when I brought up to Z. Cause I, I was I, I was singing something. I made I was singing something in the, the Splacavelli uh, <laughs> rhythm, and she's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Splacavelli." She's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Every woman needs their own like, Splacavelli." You never heard this song? <laughs> like I was offended that she didn't know what like Splacavelli was. This. <laughs> so um, Splacavelli, oh, what man? That shit is a roll, and. Oh man, hey, gangsta lane! But you got to think though. There was there was groups like Ghost Town DJs that had my boo, and that was yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be one of them. That could so be one of them. a lot. A lot of a lot of those like down south bass songs and stuff like that were one hit wonders. Like you you kind of lumped them all together, so people thought they might have been like one group. Yeah. But a lot of times it was like a one hit. Here, they, one hit there, one hit there from different groups. They were a booty mixtape. They were, yeah, they were, ring, they were ringtone raps before ringtones for real. Like it seemed yeah. like that's what they were going for, just to get one hit out there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it wasn't a lot of talent though. You got to think, it was just. Well, it wasn't about beat, them rapping. Up. It was about yes. the beat. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But no, Splacavelli was a uh, ingenious. That was definitely ingenious. <laughs> Yeah. D- uh, DJ, DJ Taz, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, but the thing about it, like when you when that song dropped, like that song was so high hot, and when you hear that song, you be like you looking around to make sure everybody around you know that song. And like if we were out tonight and that song came on, well, Z is from South Florida, so she probably know it. But a lot of people wouldn't. Her age wouldn't know that song. You're like, how do you not know DJ Tad? Mm-hmm. Um, so I said Splacavelli. To me, Gangsta Lane, bro, that shit was, that had niggas in the hood singing. Oh, oh man. Yes. Yes. Now you came with one with that one right there, bro. Niggas <laughs> with that. Yeah. Like, have, you ever, have you ever seen a thug sing? <laughs> and that was, that was circa like 92, 93. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm in the hood. Like, you know, every once, you know, probably went to like, Two or three funerals were grown as young teen niggas because they thought they were grown. Were singing that song like there had to be. I I can't even count how many funerals in Mobile that song was played at. I guarantee. Mm-hmm. It, it was the hood version of "Hard to Say Goodbye" by Boys to Men. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. That's what exactly what it was. Let me see. Let me kind of give you a little. You know who I thought had something going? And I just thought that... I'm going to give you two. I thought PM Don 
was about to take off. After that boomerang uh, soundtrack, Die Without they, You. They had a few, though. They, they, they had like two, two, maybe three songs. Yeah. What I'm saying, but they had that, th- and they disappeared. Like, yeah. they, like, they were so popular, and they're, to me, their music was so good. And to be on a soundtrack like that, you thought they were about like, them boys about to be around for a minute. Well, that dude with the, I don't know what he had on. He had the the Dookie braid, uh, lock weave with the. I don't so, know what speaking was going of them, it. like who was that? Uh, the the group that song Tennessee. Uh, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. That's they another one. They got one hit though. They got. But they got about the window. They had, yeah. they had about two or three. But you yeah. got to think how hard they came out. You thought they were going to like to me. I thought they were going to be around. Like I thought they were about to make an impact in the music industry. They had that one, that Tennessee album, and they just fell off the face of the earth. Were they mm-hmm. were they like the roots before the roots? I, was, I think so. Yeah. 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 They were they were all part of a whole little clique. I think them, like the um, roots were kind of with them or like kind of like supported them, weren't they? I don't know. What's the other group that just had that uh they had that one hit. It was like one you talking about City High? No, 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 not City High. City High was another one here. Yeah, City High is another one. City High is another one. Uh, what would you do if your son was at home? <laughs> Crying. Crying. Any hungry? <laughs> Shorty was making an excuse for stripping. Just go strip. I mean, you ain't got to. We don't need to get a soft story, yo. Just. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to remember this song, uh, Diggable Planets. Cool like that. That no no see Diggable Planets actually had a bunch of bangers like yeah. but they they were indie though so Diggable yeah. Planets that like cool like that broke out and it became like a big pop pop hit but Diggable Planets uh, from the underground uh like that that's that isn't, was their thing isn't that like, what one hit wonders do like no no I, I I think like when I think of a one hit wonder I think of somebody who tries to stay mainstream. And and just doesn't make it like Diggable Planets for me. I I felt like they had they they had a bunch of albums and one song made mainstream, but they were they weren't chasing that. Like they were like whatever, and they still kept doing what they were doing. Like I EPMD, mean, all them, like a lot of them kind of did that exact same thing. I, I, I never gave them a shot. I never gave them a shot. I got so pissed when they won an award over Snoop, who had just came out with Doggy Style, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" And <laughs> hey, that song I, I goes never hard, gave them bro. a chance. EPMD man, the they went hard. That, that song was so hard, bro. That no, song. No, not EPMD. Was... I'm talking about Diggable Planets. Diggable Planets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Diggable Planets. That's cool, bro. That was. Man, they that, had that, that little British horns. ride. Uh, 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 uh. It was it, not it better hard. Hey, Roger, bring the show with that. Just a piss buff off. <laughs> bring the show with that. Just a piss buff off. And, and, and you know, for me, that's hard because you know, like Snoop is like my favorite rapper of all time. Like, mm. like so I go hard with Snoop, but it, it's still that that song goes hard. I'm just saying, bro. Dickable Planets was well that one song. <laughs> that one song. If you put on a Diggable Planet song right now, I'd be like, oh, this is nice. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of that group. What what's their name? Oh <laughs> uh, man, so we just probably named about 15. But I say all that to say, in the spirit of one hit wonders, and you expect a little more from them. I hope that 
this Trump Pence ticket is a one hit wonder that we did think about and talk about at family reunions and weddings. It'd be just the second never, one in my lifetime. And we never see it again. Yeah, man. But I, I just tell you one thing that this, and when we right talk here, about American history in the future, this is going to be hilarious. Folks going to be like, they really elected them. Like that. Oh, that one. Well, we hope, we hope it doesn't trend this way to where conservative candidates think, Oh, I can, kind of say exactly what I think and feel and be as ignorant as I want to be. Mm-hmm. I, the question is, can somebody who's not full ignorant get away with it? You know, yeah, like, that's true. Can, can because you, can, because can, Trump is good at being Trump, but we have seen other candidates try to be Trump and sometimes they fail and lost their election. It's like, it's just something about him that gets that's able to get away with what he gets away with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost a uh, uh, updated Ross Perot. <laughs> you know, kind of eccentric. He just he says what he wants to say. He's like, did he just say that? And then you look back and it's like, billionaire, mogul. But Ross Perot had that long money for real, for real though. This Trump yeah. dude, and I don't know. I was watching Lemon Color the other day and they had a Ross Perot uh, skit. I'm like, man, this is so Donald Trump. This is so Donald Trump. But my bad. Keep the party going. Who's up next? I'll I'll go. I guess uh, we 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 talking about you know the the racists and and I'm not saying any names, but uh, you know them. And so I saw a post today talking about Donald Trump, and uh, I don't know old girl's name but he dated like a black model for a couple years and folks were like see he can't be racist he dated a black person and so I wanted to get you guys take on that and do you think a racist can yes. date a black person well according to Hollywood yes because Monster Ball it was absolutely about a racist who found the one black chick that he thought was attractive enough to f- and he wound up uh, f***ing and dating her. So I hate that movie, by the way, which is why I use those words. And uh, so, yeah, that's possible. But in real life, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, being racist doesn't mean you necessarily hate every single black person you come across. It just means in general, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but on our Instagram page today, I posted a video where this lady was like interviewing suburban uh, white people. And she interviewed this white woman and she was like, why don't you want low income housing next to your neighborhood? And she was like, well, you know, Section 8, those type of low income renters, they tend to, you know, be single moms and have a lot of kids. And I feel so bad for saying this, but, you know, like. They usually don't take care of their property and they can be loud. And I just, you know, I just prefer they not be near me. And the lady was like, well, shouldn't they have access to the same schools that your kids go to? She was like, yeah, I hear that, but I just don't want them near me. <laughs> so She was nice about it. <laughs> so, so just with that attitude alone, I'm sure she saw a brother that she thought was attractive enough. She would date him, but still feel how she feel about black people. Well, I think uh, that's just a crazy question because I think we have this 
caricature of what a racist is. Like we have a stereotypical racist in our mind. We think of a card carrying member of the KKK and who is birthing proud boys, future proud boy sons and all this. Like every there's different levels to all this. There's different levels to all this. We had a, a few episodes ago when we were talking, I kept talking about we were the acceptable Negro. There's a lot of racists that probably love us at work nine to five because we are in their vision, what they want other blacks to be or look like, you know? So their, their decision or thought process of what black people should be is based off of racist thoughts. There's probably hundreds of races married to NBA players and NFL players today that would not date that person if they weren't who they were. I just think that they want to put races in this one little bubble. And that's why I think Trump and Pence want to denounce systematic racism because it's like, yeah, there's not that many people who fit this, this caricature or stereotypical racist. You know, the person who's, like I said, car carrying member of the KKK. But yeah, you can date. Yeah, you can date a black chick. And his 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 thing is probably probably fantasize about dating a black chick because he's never dated black chicks. He never thought he'd be attracted to a black woman. And, and even though it wasn't dating, we know slave masters slept with their slaves all the time. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's. Uh-huh. Just just off that premise alone, we know it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, and who who, who can't love a black woman? They're beautiful. <laughs> okay, how racist you are. <laughs> yeah. As, oh, <laughs> and, and especially if you're already misogynistic, where you already feel like women are beneath you anyway. So it's no different any woman, like, you know, dating a white woman and a black woman from that perspective. But I, I, I agree with you, Ferg. I think it's that that caricature or that idea of the racist that's out there. I hate all black people and everything. Like going back to my conservatism is racism comment. It's I don't think there are a lot of racists out there that don't know they're racist. They they feel like, oh, I give everybody a fair shake. I don't hate black people. Um, or whatever, or, or I don't, I, I don't judge people by their color, but at the same time, they support those systems that they know disproportionately affect the black people. They know that, okay, uh, it's easier for me to get a loan or it's easier for me to get into a school and they're cool with that. They, they promote that. They're down for all the things that give them that leg up or they ignore it. Uh, and I, I, I look at that as just as racist as the person that, you know, takes it actively, uh, engages in it. So I think those racists, um, can definitely be racist and at the same time date a black person. So from my, my perspective with especially Trump in this situation, it's, he was dating that exception to the rule, right? He was a da- he was dating a black model, like Ferg talked about that that exceptional Negro, right? He's like she's the exception, she's not like that, but that doesn't mean he doesn't think black people in general are. 
uh, less than, or he doesn't think that white people are better than black people. Even if he will date one of them, he still thinks that he's better than that other person or, or that other race. So I, I definitely think that you can be racist and still date a black person. And along those lines, especially saying I have black ch- grandchildren or Jewish grandchildren, Pence, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't be racist. So I, I've he seen had, a him lot. had the nerve to act like he was offended. Yeah, yeah. It's like that that doesn't make you not racist because that you have those. Because the th- the problem is what you're doing is you're setting up a system that's going to make it harder for them, and you're ignoring it because you you know you sit there and say that there's no such thing as systemic racism, knowing that it is. Because I I, I definitely think they they know and they just they choose to ignore it. So that's all I had. My a quick question, but um, that I'm one kind of yeah. I want to make yeah. it very clear though. You can have black friends and be a racist. You can marry somebody black and have black kids and be a racist. You can vote for Obama and be a racist. <laughs> if you can't just accept black people for being who they are, and they have to fit in your a certain mold for you to accept them, then you. Just, you're just racist. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I think that's part of it. It's like it's you. There's parts of you to just you know you need. We all need to work on something. Um, I'm working every day to be a better you know, be a better husband, be a better father, be more in tune to women's rights and uh things that they're going on going in their world and other people that don't necessarily directly affect me. I have to be more open and to their, their, their situations as well. I'm working on it. I admit those things. I'm not a bad person. I don't think all races are intentionally bad, but I don't think because it doesn't indirectly affect you, you just let it happen. So yeah, you can, you can have all those things. You can still be racist, but if you vote for Donald Trump, you are a bad person. <laughs> Point blank. I said it. So, Byron, go uh, ahead and cuss real quick. I I know you want to cuss. uh, Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last episode or a couple episodes ago that I would be going to a town hall at my job that was on race and law enforcement. And I did get to ask a question. And uh, because the introduction to my question was so long, I'll spare you guys all that. I'll just let the listeners hear the, the very first line of my question in a room full of, it was quite a few white people in there and a panel full of uh, chiefs of police. And the introduction to my question was law enforcement was created to make white people feel safe and keep black people in check. And then I went from there and my ultimate question was, you know, what is law enforcement on a national level doing to earn the trust of black people? And that brings me to my question today for you two, because over the years and time, you know, through movies and cartoons and toys or whatever, police have always been portrayed as the good guys. And and I think that definitely means something, because I think that plays a part into why it's so hard for so many people to accept that. They're just they're more they're way more than a few bad apples. There's a lot of bad apples in the, in these police departments that we need to get rid of and a lot of bad practices. And I think because of what we've been taught, it's been hard to unlearn that. Similar to America is the greatest country in the world. 
And Razia, several months ago, you said that in a response to one of the uh, questions or in your answer or whatever. I didn't catch it at the time when we were recording. What I was, when I was listening, I was like, man, I would have pushed back on that. So my question to you is, do you both think that America is the greatest country in the world? And what are you basing that on? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, I, I said it, I guess I'll go first because, yes, I did say I say it. And I, I do believe that America is the greatest nation in the world. And we're, fi- we're 15th in healthcare, 17th in freedom, 26th in education, 46th in life expectancy, 18th in happiness. We're number one in wealth, infant mortality, incarceration. And as of now, COVID deaths. So I'm interested to hear what you're basing it on. I hate you sometimes. I remember what was that on uh, the newsroom where he, he had that monologue about that. And yeah, I was, that, I was, that was so long ago. I had to uh, make sure I had some current, <laughs> some current figures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's America's ability to adjust and change. It's slow. It's painful. But America will adjust and change. That's that's really what I think makes America the greatest place. Like that number one in wealth and economy and the the economy of it all. Um, you do have that ability. You got to think about being able to go into Europe or one of those other countries. Like you can't go into Denmark or into Sweden where they do have you know the happiest place. Uh, to live, but you can't go there and just take advantage of that. You can't go over there, get a job, and just boom, I'm I'm living in this the happy place. You know, it's one of those things that because America is this melting pot, and we're not homogeneous like a lot of those um the the those other countries that is hard homogeneous for for but for that the thing is it's a little bit easier for them. Uh, and they're smaller. You got to think uh, when when we w- we could be the happiest state in the world. We could be the happiest county in the world. You know, France is the size of Alabama. I it, it, it's a lot easier for a European country to say that they they are much happier. Uh, you know, Canada has I think the same population as the Southeast. You know, so as large as it is landmass wise. They they have a very low population, so there are dynamics there that make it a little bit more difficult for us to come together. Uh, I saw a study that said that America generally has seven different sub countries under it uh, that would make more sense if we were broken up into countries, like things like that. If the South just wanted to be the South and didn't have to deal with making sure that the rest of the nation was good, I think the South would be happier. The North would be happier if they didn't have to deal with the South. Let's be honest here. So, you know, but California could be its own uh, country and California would be awesome because it has this what third largest economy in the freaking world. So California could do it by themselves. But the thing about it is we are one nation. And I think that's what makes us like a great nation. Uh, and, and, you know, for all that's bad that we've had in our past, what we're going through now, a lot of those other countries are doing the same thing. Black people feel the same way in France. Black people go through the same things when they go into Italy and other countries like that, those white countries. I mean, and then you look at Africa, 
colonization and what the white man has done to Africa as a whole continent, they're still dealing with all of that. So they've been raped and stripped of their resources and everything. So it's very difficult for them uh, to be great nations. So not their fault, but it's hard for them. I mean, they're still, um, a lot of them are still considered developing nations. Uh, and it's literally because they were developed. They got stripped of all of their wealth. And now we call them developing because we haven't let them actually develop. So, I mean, we've screwed a lot of countries. A lot of countries have been screwed by other countries, but when it comes down to it, I still feel like America is the greatest nation in the world. Brother Ferg. Idealistically. Yes, because America is built off of hope and the American dream. I'll agree with you on this, Rozzy. What makes America. I can't bear to say that I got to think of another word. Uh, (laughs) uh, Different. Awesome. Just say awesome. Uh, No, I can't even say that. What makes America America is the fact of that American dream, because there's 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 always a chance. You know, it's like, you know, I, I think of that. Uh, Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance in America. There's always a chance. There's always a chance to change your life. That's why we have the lotto. Because there's it, people are are living off a of hope that they can change their luck one day. People from all over the world come here with the hope that there's always a chance, and we know that what the top three percent have what ninety percent of the wealth isn't that what it is? Or something along that line? Roughly, yeah, yeah. America has a lot of uh, difficulties that other people don't have. You know, when you go to uh, these other countries, the majority of the pop, when when you talk about majority and minority, there's definitely a big difference. And it's very, most of them are very homogenous, like we were saying earlier. So it's easier to make exceptions, make, you know, get along. You know, when I walk in a room and I have a decent looking suit, and I'm black and everybody around me looks the same way. It's a lot easier to get along. And we have maybe less, less things to separate us. You know, got to think America, we're you're African-Americans, you're Chinese-Americans, you're, you know, like America is all about separation. Even we were talking about the fact that the South could be happy. California could be happy. Texas talks about it every 10 years about seceding from the union. You know, like it's. There's too many things that separate us. That are polarized. There's a lot of things that we we share, but that but that's not what we talk about. That's not what we focus on. And so the things that separate us are the things that we highlight in America. And I think as long as we keep doing that. I mean, it's it's tough to say this place is great, you know, like. Depends on what your definition is like. Yeah. Opportunity wise, as far as finances. Yeah. I'm, I, I have probably have a better chance of making it here. 
but to be happy and to feel safe and to feel wanted and to have a break from life. Like I, I'm telling you guys the other day, I'm probably taking off the day after the election because I feel like I'm going to need a mental break regardless. And I've said this story multiple times when I was working for Philip Morris, I had a customer who pretty much asked me like Tavares, how do you take it? How do you stay sane? It's like, I go back to Pakistan every two to three years to re-energize. You know, for somebody like me, who has no idea where I come from, who doesn't have a break, my break is going to Mobile, being around my family. But that's not, even in Mobile, we're still a black family amongst, you know, one of the poorest uh, states in America, one of the poorest towns in the state. Like, that's my escape. One of the most racist uh, states in the country. That's my escape. It's great for it's great for a lot of people. The idea of what you can accomplish in America is bar none. Like there's no other place like this. But mentally, emotionally, spiritually, this is a drain, man. Like it is draining to be an American citizen. We're we're worried about what the rest of the world thinks about our president and us as a, as a leader of the free world. Like, I remember when 2003, when we were in Afghanistan, I was proud to be an American. Even under Bush, I was proud to be an American. When we went to Paris, they were looking at us like, oh, so you're an American, huh? <laughs> like, like who, they looked at us like we were lepers. I think we're, America has fooled us and the rest of the world, you know, history and the people in, in power always make you think you're bigger and better than what you are. But a lot of people around the world see us as like, you guys are screwed. And I feel like there's something to it when the rest of the world's like, you guys aren't as good as you think you are. Your shit does think. Yeah, and what's 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 the meme? Uh, they have like Superman and Homelander, and they're like, you know, how America thinks we you see each other, or how America yeah. sees itself. We see ourselves as Superman, and then it has Homelander. It's like how yeah. the rest of the world see us. Yeah, that, like, that really is true. And I think there's some truth to that. Like, if we really we fool ourselves because there's always that hope. You have think about how many of our family members who are poor or destitute, and they just there was always hope that things could get better because the American dream teaches you that. And I just, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I get frustrated. And I, I wish I knew what better was. And it, and you said it like, yeah, we can go to uh, Denmark and have the opportunity of somebody from Denmark coming here. But if you were born in Denmark, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Born being born in America, you're not good to go. Like you, if you're born in the happiest country in the world, you can be happy. Now, coming from someplace else, yeah, you might have your challenges. You might have to adapt. But to be born in America, you're not happy. Well, I, uh, very, very interesting. And I asked that question uh, because I was having a conversation with some coworkers earlier this week. And I told them that I don't say that America is the greatest country in the world. And they were all taken aback by that. And my question to them was, okay, if America is proven not to be number one, 
do you still love it? Like, do you only love America because you think it's number one? What if it's not? So whenever, you know, people like to try to question my or other black people's patriotism, I'm like, we love this country in spite of what it's done to us. So I don't walk around saying America is the greatest country in the world because, A, I've never lived anywhere else for a substantial amount of time to compare it to anything. Like I can look at the statistics that Razio um, cited or, uh, you know, how he said you can you can't do certain things in Denmark or this court or this other country, but I've never lived there. So I can't say that. Also, um, for me, I think the best compliment I can pay America is I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. That's the best compliment I can give America. I don't know if it's number one. And for me, I love it so much that I don't care. But for the people that run around and beat their chest and say America is number one and it has to be number one or else. I mean, I question what kind of love you have for the country. Like if it's proven that it's not number one, then what? So Mm -hmm. I just I thought it was an interesting question. And uh, based on the question I asked at um, the town hall. I felt like uh, I wanted to hear your answers to that. So that's all I got. So basically, the America's the Dallas Cowboys of the world. They are. They really are. I mean, yeah. (laughs) We got a couple wins. We don't. We don't. (laughs) We don't hang back on those. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, man. We 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 still talking about the dream team, and we we spend so much money on our military that you know we can. I'm oh, sorry. I was watching the game again. We we spent so much money on the military that we can, uh, you know, do a lot of things and stick our nose in a lot of business where it doesn't necessarily belong and, you know, help people out when they need help. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that we are the richest country in the world, we can, you know, we can, we can afford to say we're number one because we got the money. Yeah, big stack take little stack. There you go. (laughs) Always gonna be that way, baby. (laughs) But that's oh man, I remember playing that growing up. Big bank take little bank. Yeah, always keep like your your twenties and fifties rolled in inside. So you know you got a stack, but you got like some ones on the outside. That game was a big bluff too, because you could literally not necessarily have the bigger bank, but. You could you could just scare the person to not want to do it. Like big bank, take little bank. Nah, nah, man, I don't want to. I don't want to do that, dog. <laughs> Knowing you didn't have none in your wallet either. <laughs> I, I, I've never played that game. What? You never no. played big bank, take little bank? No, no. Is, is that a board game or something? I'm no, not aware. Of? All right, just take us out. Just take it's, us it's out. A, it's a hood yeah. game. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. I was broke, so I always knew I had a little bank. So. That, that that's that's the beauty of the bluff. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all knew I was broke. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead and take it on out, fellas. What do you have for us? I, again, I say Halloween's coming up. I'm excited about that. Uh, the kids had me watching Twitches over the weekend or last weekend. Uh, I don't know if you watched that. Okay, what? you got to tell us what Twitches is because. Twitch is, it's a Tia and Tamara, you know, one of those type of uh, movies about, uh, what is it, twin witches 
separated at birth and you know they come back and they got to save the world or whatever so um, this is old or this is like it, it's old I, okay. I, I Haley talked about she loved watching it when she was like sophie's age so that lets you know right there how old it is it, it's when t and tamara was like real big um as a twin couple before they start acting by themselves and all of that uh-huh. so the Halloween movies are coming out. Halloween, the holidays are coming up. So I'm just excited about that, man. I, I, I love the holidays and wanted to just throw, I wanted to ask you guys real quick, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Yeah. Uh, I guess that's Friday the 13th count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a scary movie. Yeah. Definitely. Well, one through nine, once he goes to space and fights Freddy, I'm kind of checked out. <laughs> So, oh, is that a turnover? I'm sorry, go ahead, yes. That's a turnover, right? Yeah. We might win? Yeah. Holy sh... <laughs> I don't know, man. Um... Alright, what... I, I will say why Ferg is thinking. Halloween with Michael Myers, mm-hmm. that's the first movie that scared me as a kid. Like, I watched Freddy, I watched Jason, I thought they were fun and cool. I don't know what it was about Halloween, I was like, yo, is it that easy to get into a hospital? Like, I remember not ever wanting to get sick enough to go to a hospital because they were straight slipping, man. Like, (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis was on her own, dog. (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. You thought Freddie was funny, but when that nigga entered dreams, I was done. Yeah. Like say less. Yeah, yeah. he he, de- he like, definitely doesn't like, play fair. He doesn't play fair at all. Yeah, because yeah. everybody else, like when I saw people getting chased down by Michael Myers and you know all that stuff, like I'm like, dude, I'm pretty fast. That nigga's not about to catch me, son. <laughs> nah, he ended your dreams I, though. Yeah, yeah, like even what, which one was it? Three, the Dream Warriors, the one oh, where yeah. they like tried to fight back and stuff like that. Yeah, that was messing. like my favorite one. Yeah. Right there. Yes. Too I mean, much. to the point where you like, you get all, you got superpowers on. Dog, that was f- dream, son. You can't run in your dreams. Yeah, yeah. And even when you think you're up, you're not up. You dreaming that you up, man. <sighs> I would say Lovecraft Country. <laughs> Did you want to name yours real quick, Rising? Yeah, Halloween is my oh, okay, too. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, oh, and the and, and the little theme song like that, Mr. Sandman. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> there's nothing scary about that song. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, oh, 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 congratulations, <laughs> Buff. <laughs> All right, man, that's what's up. Um, well, wait, whoa, what? Wait a minute, Ferg, you trying to jinx me? No. Okay. All right. Oh, maybe my phone is a little bit behind yours. But real quick, man, so we can get out of here. Today, I want to give a big shout out to my wife. Um, And this just happened to be sheer timing. So earlier today, I made a post about my mom because it's um, Breast Cancer Cancer Awareness Week and Domestic Violence Awareness Week. And so I made a post about her on our page uh, just to like bring awareness to that and just let the listeners and followers know why it's so important to me. And then later today, when I get home from work, you know, I'm like watching CNN and flipping between that and ESPN. And my wife tells me to come outside real quick. And I go outside and it's like my aunt and my cousin. And of course, her mother is still up here as well. And my daughter, they all outside with like a whole bunch of pink balloons. 
And it's like, you know, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Week and for your mom, we, we want to say a few words about her and then we're going to release these balloons into the air. Complete surprise to me. It meant a lot. Uh, my wife is not the type of uh, surprise plan type person. She does not do that. She feels like she's not good at it. So I really appreciated the gesture and everybody said something about my mom. And I know she looked down smiling on that, man. That that meant a lot to me. So I just wanted to give a, a huge shout out to uh, Tabitha, my cousin, Kristen, and uh, my aunt Delia, and of course, my mother-in-law and daughter. I really appreciated that. And, and just the timing of it again, like I made that post and then for them to do that on the same day, it meant a lot to me. Yeah. Well, man, you know, I can't follow that up. But see, that's why I wanted Rosa to go first because I knew <laughs> I was going to go serious. <laughs> well, dog. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so I'm going to leave it like this. You know, love your people. Love them while you got them. Uh, to all the beautiful women in our lives and just people in our lives that have battled cancer. And I call it battling cancer. And there's no, no there's no losing. You know, they battled. You're loved. You're remembered. Uh, take time this week and over the month to remember them. It's serious to my aunt Darlene, who was like my mom away from home when I was going through some things. Yes. To Miss Hazel, to everyone who has lost someone through um, this battle with cancer of some sort. You know, our hearts are with you. Remember them during this month. This is Three Brothers No Sense. We're signing off. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week. Go Heat.